bowels of One Half Radio Plaza at Life Media Studios. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Real Country Radio. We don't play nothing but real country music. Coming up now, we're going to start off the set with... In the morning. Everybody's doing it. Pull you up a chair and listen to this. Welcome back to the Dirty Hooker Diesel Studios at the Second Baptist Bar and Grill for the first week of May 2017. Got the bad boys of Pulling Radio Network back on the air with you again this week. Combined show last week, but now we're back to the nitty-gritty assholes you're used to dealing with on the mics. I feel like we have not delivered. We've let you down since we uh, moved the studio in here. We haven't had the content-driven kind of show you're used to out of us, but this week we are back, baby. Oh, uh, it's an awesome show coming at you. Can't wait for you guys to get your ears on this one. And I know you guys have been complaining it's not up on the website. Don't worry, it's coming. Working if not, on. just go to SoundCloud or tune in every weekend, every week, Thursday at 8 p.m. You can listen to us idiots on the air right then there and uh, always keep up with the bullshit and the drinking that we got going on here at the Dirty Hooker Diesel Studios. Big show coming up. We got the usual, the news. We're going to cover it with you. Birthdays, thankfully no obituaries to hit. Absolutely none. I think we're going to get into potentially a rant. And the voice of Midwest pulling at the NTPA level. Absolutely great show, so listen in and stay tuned. This is Sidetrack, powered by Dirty Hooker Diesel on Pulling Radio Network. that goddamn music dirty hooker diesel is your full-size diesel performance specialist harbor beach we're michigan's final authority on anything performance and replacement related specializing in diesel performance parts and accessories for duramax cummins and power stroke diesel engines from custom-built transmissions and engines to cp3 pumps and injectors check them out at dirtyhookerdiesel.com hi this is tony burkett owner of dirty hooker diesel we are a full service repair facility that can handle any task from stock to modified big or small so give us a call 989-479-0444 dirty hooker diesel the final authority on everything performance and replacement all right and we're back with sidetrack power by dirty hooker diesel here on the polling radio network Welcome to yet another exciting edition as we get bullshitting and beer drinking through the entire night here. Lots of good content coming in. Now we're back and rolling. Uh, we got a stack full of koozies and uh, 
a little bit of cash in our pockets coming back from UCC. And you know what, Charles? I know we did a little bit of recap last week, but let's, we didn't really get let's into explain what, what the hell we thought of that event. I was very, very impressed with everything that took place there, the, the professionalism of everybody and what everybody brought to the table. Just outstanding. Saw a few things that I don't know that I would have seen anywhere else or any other way else. And uh, boy, the, the wheels are turning in the head. We learned a new term. We did. We did. So like from it. now on, we're going to send it. That's right. <laughs> it, it it dovetails very nicely with Zero Fucks Given. Oh, absolutely, and that is definitely our motto. Actually, you see uh, us supporting the hashtag ZFG crew coming out of Oklahoma. Uh, great to be a part of them and uh, the Midwest Hellions, of course, because, yeah, we played it mild for a while, but as you can tell by our new intro, yeah, we're, we're the badasses of the network now. Fuck it! <laughs> Viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> I don't care. Just wait till we get going live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. I can't wait for that. It's coming soon. We know it is. We've got to do it just because we don't give a shit. That's the way I grew up. And that's the way I'm gonna be. <laughs> so uh, yeah, ultimate college challenge, an absolute blast. And you know what? Turned around my mindset on a lot of the diesel douchebags we're used to dealing with yeah. all the time. No, that was not there. It was uh, this was pretty professional and actually it was very professional, respectful camaraderie was great. None of the bullshit that really goes with some other events out there. No, absolutely not. And I just had plain fun. I did. I had a riot. I, that's, I can't wait for next year. I, I want to be. I want to do this again. Yeah, let's get out there and. You know, I know there's been some people hating on us. Well, I guess we've hit it big because now we've got haters. And uh, you know what? You know I what? I, I didn't realize they were there. You know, it's so hard to see who's in the stands from the track side. Right. <laughs> no, well, you know, it's we brought a sense of humor to it, and that's fine. And if it's not your particular brand of coffee, well, that's fine. You know, it's to each their own. And yeah, as far as knowledge base goes, we were outside our wheelhouse just a little bit, but we'll be better prepped next year now that we've seen it once and know what to expect. You know, imagine trying to tackle an event like that and do what we had to do and really, you know, not know, I mean, how, you know, the layouts and it's logistically behind the scenes. You don't realize what goes into an event and just even where to something so simple as where the hell do I stand for something to be able to capture something and commentate. It's hard, especially if you've never done it. And now that we've seen it, you know, different story. Well, look at the map we have here. We had... How many teams from Utah? No, seven. We had Texas. We had Maryland represented. Alberta, Canada. Minnesota. Minnesota. Colorado. Colorado. You look at the map. We are, they are so far removed from us in our everyday interactions. And, yeah, they're big names in diesel, a lot of these guys. A lot of them aren't. So it makes it even harder to get a hold of them. You know, you got the Sean Bacchus, the Ryan Millikins, you know, where the everybody, Dimitri Millards, you know, where everybody knows who the hell they are. Yeah, there's fanboys who literally, like, you know, keep a diary of their every move. Well, I get that. I'm sorry. They're just another guy. You guys saw me yeah. interact with Farm Truck. I still person. don't watch Street Outlaws. I probably never will. He's just another guy. He was a cool guy, not going to lie. You know, had fun with him. Would like to see, you know, that C10 Chevy strapped with some uh, Dick Cepex underneath, and then, then he might have my interest. But until that happens, I'm we're, not too We're, we're big stuff now. We don't call him Farm Truck anymore. We know him as Sean. Oh, that's his real name? <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, look who we bumped elbows with. It was a great time. I'm not going to get entirely into name dropping. Because I do think people feel they have to do that with everybody they know. You want to do it now? 
trying to measure their pecker content, you know, measure their peckers. And I already know mine's small, so it doesn't do them any good. But uh, no, great people we interacted with. And you know what? They are nut jobs. They are. And there's there's an element of fearlessness that goes with it. Although I, the, the comment, I think, of the weekend, <laughs> because we are more pollers, is when Todd Welch got out of his truck. And he wound up winning the poll. Yeah. But he'd never pulled before. First time he'd ever pulled anything. And he, he looks at me and goes, you guys are fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> He did say it was fucking awesome. We heard yeah. that from quite a few he, yeah. of the drag racers. He had a blast doing it, but yeah, he's just like, this is insane. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did shed a little tear. I was watching the Power Driven site, and uh, they were taking the pulling setup back off. I did shed a tear over that one. I hope they that save that and bring it back. It's awesome. That is the best. I I don't think... I'm, Dan Mayer, I know you don't listen. Andy Gerbaugh, you do, which... The check's in the mail again. Don't worry. But, uh, oh, I, I like money. <laughs> but uh, where the fuck do you find triple cut dick CPEX? Especially ones that old. And I asked him, I said, Who's, whose barn did you rob? And he wouldn't tell me. No, that's I'm kind of interested to find out who the hell those like, are. Ask Gary Van Blarkham if he's got a set hiding in the shed up there. He's probably got 14 sets. Yeah. <laughs> I. In fact, if he has one, I, I'm going to request one be donated for the, for the studio. For the studio. Hell yes. Also, if Greg Harmon's listening, I don't know what you did with that Hypermax Pro Stock block, yeah. but actually, we I need want, a table. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the thing I was going to say. I want two of them. I want one that we could have wall mounted or something for, for the studio, but I want a second one so I can make an end table for the couch. Uh, <laughs> I think that would just be awesome. Oh, our new casting couch we got? With the floor yeah, the new print. casting couch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which we are uh, still taking. Uh, applications for our interns just don't tell our significant others that we're doing that just do it exactly so uh next up on the block because we could keep talking about ucc all day and we've got way too good of a guest on to just talk about that um let's get into our birthdays get to the point get to the birthdays because we have no obituaries so that's always nice Woo-hoo. all right thursday as you hear this First up on the blocks out of the thumb of Michigan Super Farm Polar, Jeff Smuglinski is 48, and he looks like he's 72 because of fighting with that John Deere. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to a guy who's not used to fighting on John Deere's, Mr. Tyler Audet, uh, turning 28 years old. Then on Friday, we I got a bunch of them on Friday here, but uh, start off uh, one of my favorite uh, people with the NTPA, Miss Allison Barber. Happy 26th birthday to you. Yeah, we're not going to say how old you really are. Then let's see. Yeah, you got a bunch there too. So a handful. You got the next one. Yeah, we've got uh, another. Actually, all these guys are NATPA regulars. Uh, one of the big banger John Deere pilots, Taylor Shellum. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, uh, Alice Chalmers enthusiast, Mr. Michael Bay. Not of the Transformers series uh, no. notoriety. Not the same. I wonder if he does like to blow shit up, though. Who doesn't? Right. Happy birthday to him. And actually, what, you got You got one more there. Yeah, Cody Thomas turning 26. I got a couple more. I got uh, Kyler Bernie. I don't know. He's a John Deere guy. Can't spell his name. Happy 29th birthday. Well, there's some controversy as to how you pronounce his name. <laughs> we need that for when we're announcing. <laughs> but... Uh, and then another one, a uh, girl who's been uh, 
our trainee over with Southwest Ontario on uh, helping take care of the books and all that as far as distances and keeping my leash untangled from the table. Uh, Miss Amber Wilkins turning 20. Happy birthday to her. That's all I got. Oh, boy. You see this first guy for Sunday? Oh, him. We'll skip him. I know you got a couple others there, so. He can piss off. <laughs> I'd rather say happy birthday to Oliver Engine Builder Extraordinaire, Mr. Keith Gordon. Happy birthday to Keith. And then uh, Eli Liskey, my uh, voice from Kentucky, who comes up and helps with pulls up here. Turning the big 23. Aw. Maybe we'll be able to grow facial hair next week, too. oh who else i didn't realize this one charles we screwed up for monday yeah nah not really no that's the only one oh i got one more uh for uh monday we'll start off mr mike whiting uh street diesel truck puller from over in ontario turning 24 then our guest for today yeah you're going to get to hear from him live in a little bit. Mr. Tom Hartzell turning 62. Happy birthday, Tom. Who's that John Mulder guy? I don't know. I don't know, but he pulls the tractor, so happy birthday to him. He's turning 39. That's the bad part. I got people anymore that I'm not even sure who they are or if they're pullers. I look at it this way. Is it, are they pullers or is it just an avatar? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's a tractor. We'll call it. Yep. And uh, on Tuesday, I don't know if it's Bill or Irene Chapman, but happy birthday to one of you. And we're going to suck up there because he's, yeah. he's the boss for one of the yeah. one of the events we do. Probably uh, our favorite event. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, I got a few others here. Uh, you see this guy? He says he's only turning 38. I'm calling horse shit on it because uh, Jeff looks to be, you know, 67. Right. Happy uh, 38 birthday to mr jeff rotman of the old school pulling team uh mark valentine turning 72 let's see who else we got here that's it for anybody that matters all the rest are just family (laughs) (laughs) so uh with that we're gonna take a break and uh we're gonna get right to uh mr tom hartzell and his uh words of advice and pulling and announcing and Yep, we'll uh, we'll slot him in here next and uh, get to the news and uh, rant on the back end. Yep, so uh, stay tuned. This is Sidetracked, powered by DHD. I'm pulling Radio Network. HiRev Technologies of Jackson, Tennessee. HiRev specializes in applying high-performance coatings to various engine and drivetrain parts. HiRev is proud to offer TechLine coatings. TechLine is the world leader in advanced automotive coatings. HiRev also offers dry film lubricants, high temperature ceramics, and thermal dispersant coatings. Virtually every performance part can benefit from some type of coating. We can coat your parts or supply from our list of approved suppliers such as Clevite, King, FP Diesel, RHS Heads, Federal Mogul, Felpro, and Hastings Rings. They offer custom part designs and machining services. And their projects have run the gamut from large to small. They're happy to take on any size project you can design. Please feel free to contact my friend Josh Mobley at HiRev Technology, www.high-rev.com. And we're back in the DHD studios at the Second Baptist Bar and Grill. Coming up next is our in-studio guest presented by DieselFreak.com, your tuner for... 
all things over the road trucking and now starting to work on tunes for modern agricultural equipment. Yeah, looking at the flyers here, it's great. Great having Wade and the gang up there. Wade, Ryan, everybody involved up at uh, Diesel Freak coming on board with us. And hell, I've even got some of their gear on today. And We're actually spending, uh, actually coming soon. Uh, it's a perfect time to mention it since we didn't already. Um, coming soon, available for sale will be uh, Sidetrack t-shirts. And those are printed and made for us by the team up at Diesel Freak. Absolutely. Just uh, got down with the confirmation email yesterday for all that. So uh, they'll be coming uh, $20 a pop. Uh, cash in hand for uh, your chance at some uh, sidetrack swag. I believe is the proper term now, right? Yes, yeah, sidetrack swag. Or if you're if you aren't going to run into us at an event or whatever, um, we can do PayPal. Email. Yeah, you know, shoot us shoot us your email, PayPal, whatever. We'll get them out to you. Yep. Nope. We are. We'll, we got many ways of capturing your money, so uh, don't worry about that. We, you know, shoot us a private message, and we'll we'll link up with you in one way or another. Absolutely. So uh, coming soon. Should have those probably in what a week or two? within a week. So a week by the time we hit our first major event, we will have that. So hopefully in time for me to go out to uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Get some new cruise shirts on design too, which are going to be shirts on point in design. We uh, will probably have them for the season opener for Thumb uh, first week of June, uh, just because it take a couple weeks to get those turned around. But that's coming too. So uh, let's get right on this interview with Tom Hartzell. Uh, Pretty cool to have Tom come all the way in uh, and visit us here live in studio. So please welcome Mr. Tom Hartzell. Hey, thanks, guys. It's good to be up here finally. Uh, it worked into my schedule that we could get up here this beautiful day here in Port Huron. And uh, it just uh, it's going to be a good show today. I was looking forward to coming up since the last time I talked to you, which was about a year ago now. Yeah, actually, I think if we look back at the records, we're right about where we did announcer week last week. It's and pretty uh, close, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we had some great great viewpoints come on uh, last year when we did announcer week. Uh, of course, my favorite one was actually the first show of the week. We had uh, one of our cohorts out in Utah, uh, Kenny Eggleston. He does a lot of snow hill climbs and that. And uh, he actually had his daughter, her first time announcing, come on and talk about how she felt about announcing and stuff. And I actually learned more off of that show than, you know, even talking with you or um, who was it? Uh, Dave had uh, Dave Bennett on. So, mm -hmm. of course, another great legend in the sport. And then, of course, the Godfather finished off the weekend with uh, or the week with uh, the Krieger boys coming on. But I'll tell you what, that first time announcer was the one that really, really helped educate me in the craft. Well, you know, and and. We were talking about it on the way up here yesterday. You listen to different announcers at the different shows you go into, whether it's pulling, racing, you know, whatever motorsports it is, or even a sporting event of any kind. And as an, an announcer, I listen to possibly pick up something that I might not do. You know, and, uh, hey, you know what? That's pretty cool. Let's try that. And it may or may not work out. Um I guess I've always kind of done that, but, you know, as I talked to you guys a year ago when we talked, I still am a firm believer that you've got to develop your own shtick when you're doing stuff yeah. like this. You just, you can't copy somebody else. No. It's just, you know, over the years I've learned that you let the show come to you. That's the number one thing. And there are times when you may have to take control of it a little bit. And I guess that comes from me owning the Sprint Car Series that, you know what, it's not going good, guys. I'm going to take this thing over and here we go. <laughs> and, and it's the same way as what we do. You know, 
there are times when uh, maybe the show's dragging a little bit and it's because the competitors are dinking around down on the starting line and they do that sometimes a lot. No, so, I don't believe yeah, that. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, you want to see Tom Hartzell lose his cool just have him <laughs> dinking around down there. Look you know, it just I have to yell! <laughs> it's the little things like that, you know. But, um, no, it... it you have to to do that to to you somewhat control the show, but yet you've got to let it come to you, and that comes with experience. So, and you know that's something we actually got talking because when we got done with the announcers week last year, we did a recap show with uh, I believe what we have five of us on talking about. Yeah, we did a round talking. Table. At, we did a roundtable discussion, and I go, you know what? Anymore, we're no longer just announcers. We're not the guys out there just giving names and distances and what the tractor name is. We're commentators. We're taking in what the competitor's giving us just by the pass that's laid down, how the track worked, how the sled reacted. You know, all these pieces that when we're watching a pull, I'm not just going, hey, that guy's going down track. You're analyzed. You're looking for them little details. Okay, tap the brake right there, 130. You know, we're commentators now. We're we're doing the same thing the guys at the NFL are doing, you know, talking about how the Lions lost another game. You know, <laughs> we're from Michigan. We got to say that. But, yeah, yeah. You know. I know you get to deal with them on a whole different news sport. There, actually, that's I actually paid, I get paid to say that. So, <laughs> you know, it works out. For me. Uh, I do uh, get some pretty bad stares. Dominic, Dominic Riola st- stared me down last night. <laughs> and I don't Carol, give a damn. Yeah, he. Uh, I did give a darn when he uh, was looking that's at me. That's a big boy. That's a big yeah, boy. He's a little bit big, and uh, you know, there was just some things about and. You know, his personality, and you guys can remember this if you followed the Lions at all, he got in a lot of trouble with the NFL over people taunting yes. him or talking bad about the Lions. He's a very proud person, as all the uh, the, the athletes that I deal with are. And, uh, no, he, he glared me down last night. Even though it was in fun, I thought, ah, uh, you better let that one go. <laughs> you, know, so. you don't like it? Kiss my ass, you don't like it. But, no, I mean, that's, that's where the, you know, the announcing, you know, the more people I talk to and the promoters are really noticing this now is they go, listen, we have to have a good quality announcer out here. You've got to have somebody who can keep the crowd engaged. You know, it's past the point of where we were, you know, even 20 years ago, I remember, you know, of course you announcing and, you know, a lot of the big names, you know, going down to Bowling Green for the first time, you know, you heard real, real class, you know, as far as announcing, whereas you went to a lot of local stuff, it was, you know, names, distances, that was it. Well, and back too, when you guys started coming as young adults, a lot of times the announcer was a radio personality or somebody yeah. that had done high school sports. And I guess with that being said, that's where I started at. But um, it, it's funny you used the word commentator. I just got back about six weeks ago from a three-week uh, tour of South Africa where we were over there racing. And from the get-go, they have always called their PA people commentators. Yeah, and, but yet they're probably ten years behind what we're talking about right now. These guys are the kind of guys that they set back. They don't get excited. It's a very bland voice. Um, they just—they're there. They're the—they're the voice behind the mic, and that's it. There's no personality at all, you know. But since I was there three years ago, and and I'm not saying this egotistically. You guys know I'm not an egotistical, no, not egotistical person, but. Um, they have changed. When I was there uh, six weeks ago, uh, a couple of the guys that I worked with when I was there three years ago were totally different. And you could tell it with the crowd. They had good rapport with the crowd. Um, just a totally different situation. And um, so they, too, have become 
commentators or true commentators. Um, you talk about the different things. You talk about the weights of the cars. You talk about the tire wear. You talk about different that normal people and even in pulling coming in off the streets they wouldn't have a clue as to what we're talking about unless right. we explained it and that's what we learned from you honestly is to educate educate your customer well in a sense. and you know when i started in this it was at the cass county fair a long long time ago uh i had never done this i'd been around it working the sled back in the day jack henry and some of the old sled operators that's how i broke into this business and I didn't know anything. I'm, I'm a gearhead, and I, you know, you guys were surprised. I'd never been on a pulling vehicle in my life, other than to drive it maybe through a pit area, and then it was being towed. But you know, <laughs> so, um, but I've always been around motorsports, and that's what worked best for me. Give them a little bio about the family. What do they do? What are the kids? You know, da 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 da. And it makes it interesting for the people sitting in the stands. And it's always worked out great. I've had a lot of good feedback. And that's one of the things, too, is you want to listen to the people around you. Yeah. They'll come to you. They'll tell you. The promoters. Yep. Hey, man, you oh, did God, a good job. Oh, God, our biggest you know? critics out there. Sure. But they will also be your biggest supporters, too. Oh, absolutely. So you got to keep that in mind when you're doing a show and, and never let that ego get ahead of you. You've you've got to remember you're there. You're part of the show. You're, you are the connection between the people on the track and the people in the grandstand. It's you, 100%. And if you can convey that and get those people and keep those people involved, they're going to be back again. And then you're going to have happier promoters because they're making money, too. So it all works out. And going back to something you mentioned, you know, with having having your own style. I've been doing this long enough now where I have an established way that I present something. And then about three years ago, I knew who Alan Washburn was, <laughs> but I started hearing him actually announce, and I went... Uh oh, I got a problem because we're an audio separated at birth at an event. Not, not in my casual voice, but in an announcing style. It's like whoa. And what, what clued me into it actually? I went to uh, Wasion three, four years ago, and I was sitting in Steve Francis's pit talking with his wife, and he comes around the trailer and does a double take. It says, "I, I thought that was you on on the mic," and I went, "No, that's that's Alan." Oh, <laughs> yeah. happy happy accident, really. But but you know what? That's that's okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you guys work together, I work together. As a matter of fact, I kind of got Alan involved in the sport back in the Boilermaker pole days at okay. Purdue. Uh, Alan was he had a sound system that he uh, rented out to these uh, facilities, and uh, they asked me if I'd start working with a, a new announcer. And and sure, you know, I can work with anybody. We'll. We'll work together, and we just feed off each other, and it makes a single person's job a whole lot easier when oh, you got two. Oh, God, does, does it ever. It ever. <laughs> you know, it really does. We went through, uh, what was it, when I first started announcing in Canada, and Charles had to do some pulls back here because I was going every pull with him. We were working back and forth, and I did my first pull over in Canada solo, and I hadn't done a pull solo in, you know, over a year, and it was, you know, and he had to do one the same time. We both, we called, you know, I called, he goes, we forgot how hard that is to work on your own, you know. Uh, You're used to playing off of each other, and, you know, where I leave off, he'd pick up or vice versa. And, oh, God, is it hard. It's <laughs> very hard. To. You know, and you talked about Wasion. I used to do that show by myself. You did, yes. And uh, not to get into the politics of things, but because of that, working by myself, I got myself in a little bit of trouble down there. Um you know, that was a deal where you were busting your butt literally for four hours. I mean, yeah. it was nonstop. Two tracks. So Two you're, tracks, yeah. and I was hustling. 
Well, one of the fair board members got mad because I didn't get a certain sponsor in there so many times, and I finally, he was bugging me. And you know, as announcers, you kind of get focused on what yeah. you're doing, especially yeah. when you're doing two tracks like that. And I finally looked at him. I shut the mic off. And he says, get out of my face and do it now. I was mad. And that's the about the only time I've ever really lost my cool with anybody in all the years I've done this. But, you know, I was there to do a job. That was my job. If you want your your sponsors done, get somebody else up here. I'm working as hard as I can yeah. work. I can't go anymore. And uh, that was by, actually the last time I ever worked that show. So, <laughs> you know, but uh, so be it. Oh, I know how that you was. Know. We had that at Sandusky. Sandusky is now a two-track um, facility. And last year we had gotten done, what do we have, 13 classes on the book for Thumb. We had gotten done with 11 of them in two hours. Wow. Excuse That's me, awesome. an hour and a half. We started at 7. By 8.30, we were down to the mile-an-hour tractor classes. Mm-hmm. And we had full books, you know, it wasn't sh- small classes. Yeah, there were some small, but it was literally you stop talking, you pause long enough to give a break so that they knew you were changing, and then you hit the other track. Mm-hmm. And you had just enough time to pause and go back and forth. And I'm going, you know, he was off, he was sick, so he wasn't able to be there. But I don't think I've ever hustled that much in my life, and I can talk a lot. <laughs> I think no. I hit a record on that one. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't want everybody to think that I'm an ogre here because sponsorship is very important. It, as it a is. business person, you yeah. know, I that's why we do what we do, to get our names out there in front of the public. And I just, come on, guys, I, I need a little help here, yeah. you know. And, and that was that was one of the, the bad situations about that. But, um, no, we're there to convey not only the, the event, but we also are there to support their, their sponsors as we can. Um, you know, we get into a rhythm and and I don't care what you're doing. You get into this rhythm and again, you're thinking ahead as a public speaker, you're constantly thinking ahead and even clerks, they have learned over the years, Sandy Simpson and, and some of the, the Marshall Lamar and, and I'm going back and, and a lot of names here from the past that have worked with me. They knew not to bother me at certain times. Pat Vandenberg learned that, you know, just don't interrupt me. I've got a train of thought. As soon as I get done talking about it, yeah. then you can step in. And that's that's something that that uh, I've also commented to, to new clerks, and it might be something you guys can do. You know, don't keep bumping me or don't uh, interrupt me verbally of w- what I'm doing. Just yeah. leave me go. We'll get a, a pause here. Then you can interject yeah. something. I, I know you're there. I'll get to you. Yeah. Just give me, give me 30 seconds. We'll be there. Exactly. And actually, that's something... Uh... Your sister-in-law, who I've I've known a long time, you know, actually I introduced him to, you know, his girlfriend that, but Michelle, I've been, you know, her and I've worked together before, and she's my right hand mm-hmm. at every event, Charles knows this, every event I help promote, you know, she's right there helping me along, and I brought her along to do my clerk work for me at a couple polls, and the most she'll ever do to me is stick the clipboard in front of me, mm-hmm. and she knows I'll pause, but you know, she never has bugged me, and you know, I. That's how you know. Yeah, it's like you said. You're always looking at that next step ahead. The only pause you get is when you shut off the mic for the tractor to go down the track. Oh, I don't even do that. I've gotten to where I hold it behind my back. <laughs> Luckily, mine just doesn't have a mute button, so it's really quick, and I've gotten really good at it. But I've gotten caught with a hot mic a few times. But you know, I'll just turn it off quick. You know, okay, deal with it. But absolutely, having somebody who can help you and not bug you, because like I said, once you're rolling. It's, you know, game on from 
starting the show to the end it's just one continuous blur for me you know it's it's funny you talk about that and i don't know how far you guys want to go with this but um back when i first got started i worked with a guy by the name of jerry divine and he was he was the man for the united states hot rod association and i worked with him a couple indoor shows the first one being the silver dome up here and uh he was a screamer just literally blast. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, I mean, it was worse than that. And, you know, I thought, as we talked about at the beginning part of the show, I picked up that for the excitement level. You know, get your crowd's blood boiling. And, uh, you know, it was funny. I brought that back to Cassopolis, and, and I started doing shows, and, and that was what people picked up on was the excitement level. And that's okay. But the problem with that is... You can't do multiple shows in a row. There's no way you can no. do 12 or 14 shows in a row. You can't do it. You can't talk usually after the second day doing yeah. that. So I kind of, actually, I went to a voice instructor in Cassopolis, a very dear friend, Laura Maddox. And I said, Mrs. Maddox, I need to learn how to control my voice more to do multiple shows. And she said, start practicing talking down into your chest. Yes. Yeah. And you know, you can do it. It's it sounds weird. I, talk, I just had coffee with somebody the other day and was talking about that. That that's where I learned how to do that. And um, they said, "Well, how do you do that?" He said, "I don't know." She just you just start consciously working on it, and it becomes automatic. Well, then we I was doing some shows, and I was still kind of getting boisterous, I guess, at certain times. In one show I was doing, I couldn't figure out what was going on with the sound system. It'd be up, it'd be down. It'd be up, it'd be down. Well, I got to looking, and the sound man was turning me down when I started getting my oh. voice level up. <laughs> and I looked at, what are you doing? Well, you're going to blow my amp out. No, I'm not. Just leave it alone. Yeah. You're taking my show away from me here. And, uh, you know, we had words. And <laughs> we did have words, and he let me know that he owned the equipment. And I let him know that I was getting paid to use his equipment. <laughs> and uh, we became good friends after that. As a matter of fact, Ralph Godwin was the guy's name. He did, they did the national at Bowling Green, and they've done, they do a lot of shows and, and a lot of fairs in Michigan. And we, we became good friends over that, and we laughed about it. And, and I haven't seen Ralph in a long time, but, uh, it was uh, it was his son Andy and grandson had taken over the business the last time that I talked to those guys and so that you know that was one of the memories that that we get into it it, uh, it just kicked back in my mind when you was talking <laughs> about that so but no you talk you know like ultimate call out challenge we knew we had a lot of talking coming up you know we had what six hours on uh, Friday for the drag yeah. race and then we had. 13 hours on Saturday for the dyno. And I don't know if you've ever announced a truck dyno. Mm -mm. Don't, don't do it. It is watching paint dry with 30 minutes or 30 seconds of excitement. Oh yeah. It's but, tough. but thank God we, you know, there was three of us and yeah. also Danny Voss jumped in from another podcast and helped because Danny and just, Paul both hopped on Paul but, too. If it had been just the two of us, oh, no, I don't know what we would have done. But you talk about saving your voice for the Scream Factory. You know, I, I learned that when I was out in Richland Center, which I'll be back out here in a couple weeks, is we had tractor pull going on in, you know, Richland Center, Wisconsin. We had a tractor pull going on, but every so often we'd shut down the pull and we'd bring monster trucks out. Oh, yeah. 
And I'm going, you know, got to get the energy level up. That, it was a fun show, don't get me wrong. But that had to be the biggest roller coaster I've had as far as pace of show. Because the monster trucks, you got to kick it up into high gear. You're screaming. You're jumping up and down, trying to get the crowd excited. And then you go back to the pace of a tractor pull. Mm -hmm. Then you go back to the monster trucks. You know, we took four different shifts to do, you know, monster trucks. Or three, because we had um, jump, donut, or, uh, yes, donut competition, you know. Mm -hmm. Then we did freestyle and... You know, I think the time time tri trials yeah. were the same. You know, we did them at the same time. But I'm going, this is just horrible to try to do. But the screaming on my voice, you know, I've announced tractor pulls the entire time where you get excited a little bit. You know, you put some emotion in your voice. But a lot of it is, you know, talking at this. You know, if somebody goes out, you know, new leader or something, you kick it up. But to go to screaming, to try to get over the truck, to talk at the same time, my voice okay, was white. I can white. Really hear you. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take long. You know, you can, and you guys will learn this as you go, but I've gotten where anymore, if I'm going to hurt my voice, I know it right now. Yeah. Oh, It's yeah. too late. You've oh, already yeah. heard You're it. You're already done. And the last time, it's funny you say monster trucks, because I, I do monster trucks periodically throughout the summertime, and I've had to become conscious of that, because I the last time I really went horse, and I felt terrible for the promoter, I went to Crown Point, Indiana to do a monster truck show there on a Sunday after we'd done uh, Monroe, Cassopolis, and then over to uh, Crown Point, I couldn't talk. I literally, I couldn't scream and get anything to come out of my yeah. voice. And I apologized to the promoter. And, you know, it was what it was, but I knew in my home fair that I needed to get the crowd pumped up and keep them pumped up for two hours. And I hurt my voice. And consciously, I knew it. I was in trouble. And there's nothing you can do. You know, I've been a strong supporter of Coke Classic. That is the absolute best thing I have ever found for my voice. Actually, I, if I'm losing my voice in the middle of the show, I get a little small pint bottle of Fireball whiskey. But you know and what? And it strips the vocal cords, <laughs> and you're back up and running. I know, but... And the promoter's <laughs> looking at him going... Trust me, I'm not even taking enough to get a buzz. Yeah. Trust me, you could see the amount of beer around me right now. He just it's goes not going to affect me. He goes and visits Uncle Bill in the Apple Pie Express. <laughs> I had to do it. We'll get into that story, but, you know, I'll take a nip and your voice comes back. It strips that mucus off. What he's talking about is the first time I ever announced Armada. You know, you've announced Armada before yeah. with Wolverine there. It's a marathon pull to do Three day, two days of pulling three sessions, and it's long time periods to do it. And I was what first or second year announcing. Yeah, and then we went. Well, it was a Sandusky where. And then got Sandusky, to. we had two days back to back, and I knew my voice was wounded from the beer tent that I may or may not have gone into uh -huh. on Saturday, and I knew my voice was wounded. It was not going to end pretty, and uh, so I got through Monday, and I'm going. I don't know if I'm going to have enough left in the bank, but I've got, I've got to do it. So we get up to the pole, all the internet's down the area. I went to go get some fireball and I needed cigarettes because I smoke. And I know that's horrible as an announcer, but you know, is what it is. This is one time it actually worked out. I had seven cigarettes left in my pack and I couldn't get any whiskey to rush down my throat. So I'm milking these cigarettes out because it was warming my vocal cords to smoke. And I get a little bit more of my voice, a little bit more of my voice. By the end of the night, you know, I'm out of cigarettes. My voice is done. Of course, um, Uncle Bill and uh, 
the Griffith family are there with Apple Pie Express, and we're back in the pits, and I'm talking like this. I go, man, I really wish you'd get some whiskey. Uncle, Uncle Bill goes, got some apple pie in the truck. Why didn't you come see me? <laughs> I took a swig of that. He was standing right there. Instant. My voice was back to full power. Yeah. I'm going, are you I kidding me? No. See, I tried that once back in the early days. I, I went to a, an auctioneer, friend of mine back in cast, said, man, I, I need to get my voice back. Hot whiskey and lemon. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I've heard that. Well, I had just started working at the store I now own. It was a Napa store back there. We're out of value now. But so I talked to my boss. I said, hey, I need to get my voice back. I got a show tonight. Do you mind if I do this? And he said, no, nah. he, he drank. And he said, no, just go ahead. Well, all I did was get drunk. Because, <laughs> I mean, it didn't help my voice a bit. And, and uh, even after that, I don't know how I stumbled on a Coke Classic. But I've also found, too, you talk about the heat helping yours. Cold helps mine. You know, it's a, the vocal cords are a muscle. And if I can, can get them to contract again, I'm good to go. So, in Coke, I can't imagine what it does to your stomach. Well, yeah, I do, too, know after several ulcers what it does to our stomach. <laughs> but, you know, that is the only thing I've really – I actually considered get, stopping and getting one today, and I thought, nah, I'll be okay today. And But uh, that's the best thing I've ever found. And Pepsi, no. Root beer, no. Mountain Dew, no. It's Coke Classic. And I've, that's all that I've ever found. I have yet to find anything that really works other than just don't beat on it. Right. You know. Well, and that's the best thing you can do. Again, it's a muscle, and the more you talk, the stronger it's going to get. It's always early in the season or late in the season when your vocal cords are tired, and you'll notice that too. Like I'd done um, a couple shows already, did the Monster Trucks in Monroe, came to cast. That's when I heard it. So they were tired, and and you'll you'll get as you get into a season and get towards the end of the season where, man, your throat just doesn't feel right, and you know I got to do something to keep this going. You know, I found even stopping and getting a, a shake it, shaking or a steak and shake. You know, I like those and um, the vanilla shake, yeah, that's, and that cools that's it what down you do too. for yours is ice cream on yours. Yeah, uh, yeah ice cream does. It'll yeah. help. Yeah. yeah, it just tightens them up. Yep, and uh, usually it's pretty good for the next day. So, so yeah, it's everybody mean, eats their own. Yeah. I've tried the tea with honey and lemon, and it's you know that didn't work. I mean, I my voice last year, I could tell, and like you said, breathing mm-hmm. from you know. What they t- what we were taught in my speech class in college, and that's where I learned it, was to breathe from your stomach is what they say. And like you said, now I do that automatically. Mm-hmm. It's not a second thought, but that first learning curve. And if there's somebody listening to the show who's you know, announcing and doesn't know how to do this yet, go to your community college, get a class, because this is one thing they're going to teach you, is to take the deep breaths and then limit your voice coming out. You don't need to... Ex- exhale everything to get the words out you can meter it out and still get the power across with your voice very much so any other thing i would suggest to anybody young that's thinking about doing something like don't this, smoke don't smoke number one <laughs> <laughs> i'm patting him on the shoulder right now he'll grow up someday but you know i did it for a long time 20 some years and four packs a day when i quit so it uh wow yeah you got it, his attention with yes, that one i did but uh that's 28 bucks a day oh right now. now it is back then it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> it was still eight bucks a day back then but move to kentucky yeah actually i'm not bad now i used to be two packs of the show eight and in a four-hour period it would be two packs mm-hmm. i mean i never went through lighters lighters last me forever because uh-huh, when you're lighting off one off another it's not a, but you know actually you saw it this weekend even with the the long day with the dino it was still only a pack I, yeah they ran me one down but i had a partial it was just a pack during the day so i've cut that back a lot when announcing but 
Mine was just the nerves because, you know, I'm still, I'm yeah. five years into this. I'm still green. Well, and that's where I was going to go with that. My next statement is if there's anybody out there thinking about getting started in public speaking, period, I'm a very strong supporter of the FFA organization. That's where I got all my training. And it wasn't so much voice training or anything like that, but it was getting me in front of crowds and making me comfortable. Yeah. And I found today, you know, a lot of guys, I don't know how you guys are, but a lot of announcers don't mind working behind a crowd. I hate it. I hate it with a passion. I feel like we are part of the show, as we talked about earlier in the show here. Um, we're an integral part of that show. And if I can be out in front of the crowd and I can do the hand motions, I, I talk a lot with my hands. Yeah. And, and, you know, I can point out things that are going on on the track. I can, if I got a remote mic, I'm really dangerous. But, um, yep. you know, that's when it, it becomes fun for me because not only am I interacting with the crowd, I'm teaching the crowd. Yes, that's what we like to do, and, and not every event can we, but, yeah. We and like honestly, that's something we did take from you because my memory with you growing up is explaining cut tires, explaining difference mm-hmm. between super stock and pro stock, you know. And you always had a way about it. Yeah, I heard it. You know, we go to 15 shows. We heard the same thing every time. Exactly. But you, you, even the people who heard it all the time, you still always seem to engage, especially me. You know, I was six, five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. You know, it kept me engaged. And I, at that point, never thought about announcing. But the fact, you know, you, if you, you know, when you did have a remote mic, you'd be sitting up in the stands. Mm hmm. I like just doing pop that. a seat, you know, and I, another thing I loved and something, honestly, I want to, once I get a little more comfortable do this is you get the kids to announce. We talked about it last time, you know, you had, I got to announce with you once and, you know, Lord knows I didn't realize it'd spiral out of control after that, but you know, something like that. Cause the crowd loves it. And then you've got the kids hooked for life on yeah. this. There was one time I remember going up into the crowd at Cass and I always tried new stuff at home because I wouldn't get in trouble. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, back then I did the show for free, but you know, so they, you can't fire the free help. <laughs> so you know, um, I'd go up into the crowd with a remote mic, and and of course they had the NTPA scoreboard there when we were doing the Grand National shows. And I remember one time Floyd and Penny Hilton were there, the Floyd's toy, and he had the Porsche for sale. Was trying his darndest to sell it, and I got up in the middle of the grandstand, and there was some lady there from Niles, Michigan. I just happened to sit down next to, and she had her young family with her. And I sit down, and Floyd happened to come up. And I got to kidding her about buying this as a grocery getter. Man, can you imagine going stoplight to stoplight, Niles, and that thing? And, of course, he had the Hemi in it back then. And the crowd was just into it, and this lady was loving it. I mean, she was right in. Her kids were bugging her. Yeah, we got to get that. You know? and, and that's what makes the job fun when you you can interact and feel part of the crowd and feel part of the show, and and uh, you just feed off each other. You really do. You know, that's something, you know, we, we all talked about because we had an announcer up from Kentucky we had never worked with, but, it, you know, Dave's on the network with us, and we you never could tell we really had never worked together. No. We just hit it off. But, you know, we all, we, during the drag race, we knew we were out of our element. You know, we had never done it. Actually, Dave had the, never done it. The drag race, I think, went you were, better. Than... It went better than the dyno. The dyno was just horrible just because of the time period and what it was. But, you know, the first two days, we knew we were out of our element. Beer. Um, but we walked in on day three. It's sled pole day. Mm-hmm. We go, we got this. <laughs> yeah, here we go. And, you know. They're working back and forth, kidding me. I'm, you know, going around, firing the crowd up, you know. 
you know, joking around. I drink a lot of beer. You know, I need a beer. Some guy in the crowd, you know, here's a beer. So I grab that. Get her giving me a hard time. So I run up in the stands, sit down, and act like I'm part of the crowd. You know, just interacting. And then we had a couple people in the crowd we could go to. Hey, how you doing now? You know, right. and it it felt great. You know, it was. I think it was the first time I actually was able to interact with the crowd there and actually get something to feed off of. Because the rest of the time it was. 52 degrees, damp and rainy, mm-hmm. and just cold and miserable. Nobody wanted to be there, but everything came out then. That's was it, is being able to feed off that crowd. Well, that was your flow you were looking for. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things, I guess, that I've been very fortunate, very blessed. I've been pretty flexible with motorsports. You know, I've been around drag racing, shirt tail. I like to watch it on TV. I listen, um, and I guess... I can adapt, and I'll get out in the pits, and or I'll ask what might seem like a dumb question to the the person that I'm asking because I don't know, but it's for my knowledge, and I'll find out, you know, elapsed time, and what do you say in this case, and what do you do, and you can work your way through yeah. it, and and you know, after a couple of competitors, it it becomes more and more natural for you to talk about. Uh, certain things that happen at the quarter mile or eighth mile mark or 16th mile or whatever it may be. And that just comes with experience and and doing it again. But again, I guess I looked at that as a challenge and, um, you know, like I said, gosh, I've been doing this since 1974, I guess it was somewhere around in that vicinity. And I've done a lot of different things. You know, I I even did some Jack Russell races up in Canada one time. (laughs) But I think that there might have been a little bit of alcohol involved in that deal. So, you know, A. I'm just probably dangerous enough with drag racing knowledge that I can can do it. But um, I've tried to do circle track racing. I'll take a clip or something and record it into the computer to see if I can. You know what's even going to happen. And then I'll go and play it back. God, that's awful. (laughs) You know, but... I find it easy. Of course, again, it's just, it was a challenge. I just, uh, The first time I ever announced for the auto value bumper-to-bumper super sprints was up in Delaware, Ontario, Canada. And a dear friend of ours, I don't know if you guys remember Gordy Hubbard. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gordy was the motorsports director for Autowares Corporation, who was the parent company of the auto value bumper-to-bumper stores in the Midwest. And he and I became friends through his involvement with NTPA. You know, I'd never been around the sprint cars. I'd heard about them, but it wasn't my thing. I was into tractor pulling real heavy then. And Gordy come to me one day and he said, Tom, we need an announcer in the sprint cars. Well, I don't know, Gordy. I've never done anything like that. Well, I'd like to see if you can do it. So he come down, him and his wife, Jean, and um, he come down to my house in, in Cassopolis and took me to M40 Speedway in Jones. And he said, we're sponsoring this event tonight. And I've already cleared with the track owner, whose name was Tom Gross, and uh, Mick Schuler, who was their announcer. Mick was an icon in, in motorsports announcing for a long time. And that you can help out. Well, I just took off doing what I normally do in, in, in pulling. You know, just took charge of the show and did this, did the times, who it was, all that kind of good stuff. And away I went. And showed my enthusiasm, you know, that that adrenaline rush we talk about. And, you know, Gordy said that there were several um, promoters there that night from racing and come to him and says, who's that announcer? 
And he said, don't worry about it. He's mine. And he wouldn't tell me. <laughs> well, then, you know, so he says, I think you'll do fine. And he said, I want you to meet this guy. And the guy's name was Tony Nozzle. He lives over in the Charlotte area. And so we were up to Lansing with some FFA teams. And uh, I went, I set up a meeting, went, talked to Tony. And he says, yeah, I think we can work it out. Well, Gordy and I jumped in the truck. We ran across the bridge over to... Uh, um, Let's see, where were we at? That had to be probably Brigden, I'm thinking. No, I take it back. It was Delaware. We were raising, not pulling, raising. And so we went over there, did the show. I went around and talked to all the competitors as I, I do today. Mm -hmm. uh, wrote down the little notes and stuff and did the show just like what I did at M40 and the rest is history. So now I own the series. And I mean, it's just, <laughs> again, being willing to accept that challenge of something new. And I, I'm hooked. I mean, there's just no getting around it. So, you know, I think that was the biggest problem for us with Ultimate Callout Challenges. You know, we get there in the morning, there is no sign of life out in the pits. No, I mean, because they've been up till three, four in the morning, wrenching to get back out for the next day. I mean, the stress test that these trucks were put in day in, day out down there is probably the most excruciating test I've ever seen before, just because. You've got to be able to drag race. You've got to be able to put up good dyno numbers, and you got a sled pull. Most of the guys are drag racers. I don't think there was a single sled puller there. There's a couple guys who all they do is run dyno. But they're wrenching hard to be out there, you know. So by the time we get there, they're still asleep. About an hour before showtime, the promoter wants us to get on mic and start with our spiel, which is right about when competitors are getting up so we never really got that chance other than the few teams two teams really that you know we got to you know one we know quite well of course Derek rose who was just down the road he was down there then uh sean Bach and the industrial injection team we able to talk to them other than that we didn't mm -hmm. weren't able to get out there so you were scrambling once you saw him at the track you know i'd run over and try to get something but i think that was missing i didn't have my Get there two, three hours early, start walking the pits, talking to competitors. Hey, what's going on this week? You know, mm -hmm. uh, how's the wife and family? You know, mm -hmm. they're normal stuff, you know, and everybody goes, well, where do you get your information? I go, you see that casual conversation I'm having with them, you know, just bullshitting about stuff. I go, That's you don't realize how much I can take from that and put out on the track. Yeah. They go, really? I go, you, you don't realize it. There's stuff being tucked away that I can piece together that the crowd can relate to. We didn't get that down there. No, I get 30 seconds of conversation with one guy, and I can turn that into three, four, five minutes mm -hmm. real easy mm -hmm. as and, long as you get it. And and you guys have picked up on that very well. It's That, again, is part of the deal. Um, and, it, you, and you can carry that 30 seconds of conversation for a long, long time down the road. Um, I was just sitting here trying to think, and, and, and I'm going to tell you what. As I get older, your mind gets a lot less. <laughs> but, uh, we, uh, Dave Weiss passed away this last year. Yep. And it was quite ironic. We were down at the show in Celine at the end of the year. And we had been in Mason. That's where this originated at was the, the Ingham County Fair in Mason. Which I was announcing just up the road for all of two hours because Michigan Truck and Tractor Pullers had an event that night that too. night yeah. up there so we had yeah. nothing we were done two hours I should yeah. just come and listen to you well but <laughs> Dave Weiss and I you know we knew each other but we had never spent a lot of time talking 
in that night I got there and you know, every, all the other competitors I, I knew a lot about, I talked to a lot and, and nothing against Dave. It just didn't happen. And we spent probably 20, 30 minutes, maybe a little bit longer, but in that range, just chatting about his season and what he'd accomplished and his bucket list and, and things like that. And he was so pumped and so proud of that truck and himself of what he'd accomplished. It just really stuck with me. Well, a couple weeks later, we had went to Celine and Dave come out on the track and it was one of those deals before the show. I had just talked to him and, and I don't talk to everybody every show. No, I, we you don't either. Do no, it. Can't. You can't physically no. do it. So, you know, I try to hit as many as I can, but Dave and I, he was with a group of guys around his truck. And I looked at him. He happened to look up. We had eye contact. We smiled. We waved. And I went on my way. Well, little did I know that would be the last contact that I have with Dave Weiss. He passed away on the track. And what a memory, though, of that conversation we had at Mason. And then to win, Pat... uh, I can't, um, again, have some brain Pat Pixley. Pixley, there you go. Thank you. And Pat, it was his stepdad, and he took over the driving chores because not only was Dave leading the state, he was leading, he was a contender for the Enderly pull-off and also right there for the region points chase. So all three of them. So Pat took the truck, and they did very well finishing up the season, and they ended up winning the state. They They won the Enderly. If I'm not mistaken, and they finished second, second in the region. region, and I think it was a tiebreaker. It was for the region. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. So you know, and I was able to convey that not only to the family at the viewing and stuff, but to the crowds when he would come up at the end of the season to win that championship. And you know, just you never know. Yeah when you're going to use that information, and even though this was on a sad point, it was on a good point too because he went out a winner. Yeah, you can't. A, a puller couldn't ask for a winner you know, and doing what he loves. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what we all you know. said. You know, kind of. You know, we've all seen grumpy old men. You know, and Chuck passes away in his sleep, and there we go, lucky bastard. Yeah. You know, and it's like everybody goes, "Oh, it's so sad." I go, "What a better way to go? Finish your lap, and that's it." Yeah, you know, and that's what he did. He, he it was just. I'm not going to get into the details of it, but I mean. What a way to go. And mm-hmm. and that was it. Just that fast and it was done. So now I don't want to dwell on a sad point, but as an announcer, how do you handle a situation like that? <laughs> that very carefully. Yeah. The I don't even know how to go into this. Or is it just autopilot? Just a lot of it has to be. Uh, but yet again, you are the person that's got to take control of the situation. The absolute first night that I owned the auto value bumper to bumper super sprints, I had a driver killed at Auto City. And it was a situation where I was caught between being an announcer and being a series owner that needed to get down there. So luckily, the announcer took over for me that night and I was able to go down to the accident scene and take care of whatever I could do down there. You... One year we were at, um, Alan Washburn and I were announcing at Fort Recovery. And at Fort Recovery, there was an area down there off the end of the track that the, um, it was a walkway. 
for the crowds to go from one side to the other. And one of the tractors got, well, the sled malfunctioned that night, and uh, Walsh's triple-engine turbine got away from us and ended up in a cloud of dust, literally, down in that area that there was absolutely no light. It was very dark. We had no idea of what was down there, none, Yeah, because you couldn't see. It was just dark. And we just, I mean, there was no explaining to be done. You saw it happen. Yeah. And we just said, hey, under the circumstances, you know, we've got to shut this program down. We need you all to exit to grounds as quickly as possible. And during your prayers tonight, just pray that everybody is okay on this accident. And that's all you can do. You know, I don't know, and I, I don't get into the religion part of it, but I I believe in God. I do. And I believe that there's a time and place that each and every one of us, we're born number one and we're going to die number one or number two. And we can't choose that. And no. as we talked about with Dave Weiss a minute ago, that was his time. Uh, it was Scott Seaton's time to be killed at, at Auto City. I couldn't control that. And I wore that on my sleeve for a long, long time. But when I finally realized and thought about that, I'm not in control of this. There's a power above us that's by far more powerful than we are. And I guess I kind of looked at it like that is is I tell the crowd, you know, in your prayers tonight, whether you're religious or not, when you hit your knees, say a prayer. We need some help on this. And try to be as calm as you possibly can. And, and again, take control of the situation. Um, and that's about all I can offer on that. It, it, it's got to be... No two situations are going to be alike in that. And you've got to just be as calm as you can, be as as forceful and blunt as you can about doing certain things, you know, but yet be correct, politically correct yeah. on it and just get it handled. I mean, you hope you do and the Lord kind of works you through that, I guess. So it's hard. It's darn hard. I mean, we saw... Denver Getchy had to go through that at decal, not this past year, but the year before. You yeah. Know? So, you know, there's something, you know, pops in my head, you know, and I kind of figured a lot of it was autopilot because there's a lot we do that is on autopilot. The fans don't realize it, but it's just, I guess I'm learning, of course, Charles, you've been in it longer, but there's a lot you just, it just comes. Mm-hmm. You don't think, you just do it. Right. And, you know, we had a situation down at Ultimate Call Challenge and, uh, I guess we're kind of spoiled with what we have with tractor pulling, whether it's Wolverine or thumb tractor pullers. You know, we've always got good track officials on Mm -hmm. the track. And, you know, we always have the fire department and EMS there. Mm -hmm. We didn't have that at UCC. We had the Lucas Oil grounds crew. But they were behind a set of bleachers. Yeah. It's a ways away from the track. They're used to handling drag racing, not pulling. And uh, there's a guy, uh, Aaron Rudolph. Well, no, no, excuse me, Dave Schneider. Dan Snyder. Dan yeah. Snyder. You know, truck going down the track, poof, went up in flames. You know, fire burst out. I'm standing there by the track, drop the microphone, grab the fire extinguisher, get in there. You know, it's, Instinct. you didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, microphone's still on. You know, I don't care about the microphone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're really spoiled with what we have. I'm sure with you guys, with you know, with the series, you know, you got great safety crews to work with. And yeah. the people who want to bitch about safety equipment on pulling vehicles or race vehicles, whether it's safety kills or fire suits and helmets, there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I can say for NTPA is they've been a strong 
uh, supporter of safety, bottom line. Yeah. And that's kind of, of course, bled over into my world of, of sprint car racing, too. We just, uh, it's kind of ironic we got off on this because about three weeks ago now, we had a driver, probably one of the greatest winged pavement sprint car drivers ever, David Steele, from down in uh, Tampa, Florida, was killed. And there wasn't an ambulance on site. Not that that would have saved him from what I saw and what I heard yeah. firsthand. Um, was, you know, again, it was David Steele's time. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we have strived to do. And we now, within the last two weeks, have made total confinement or containment seats mandatory. mandatory. Yeah, I You're saw gonna that. You're going to stay in there. Yeah. And um, the, some sort of neck restraint device. That's one of the things, you know... It, and we're kind of getting away from the announcers, but... Um, we can talk anything, don't worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we talked about it with me working with the Detroit Lions, and I don't know if you guys ever saw that movie Concussion. You need... No, I haven't. To, every, I don't care who it is. If you're involved in any type of sports, contact, motorsports, whatever, you need to go see that movie. What an eye-opener. And... Working closely with the some of the past and, and present Detroit Lions that I do, we become acquaintances and, and a little maybe sometimes a little bit more acquaintances. Um, Casey Fitzsimmons played with the Lions for eight years, tight end. Um, he and I became very close over this eight year period with through the basketball program, and Casey had to retire because of concussions, yep. the amount of concussions. And they tell me today that there are days when he just can't function. He's mm. they, He was smart enough. He bought a ranch. He's able to have some good days that he can work the ranch and raise cattle and do stuff like that. But we have that same situation in motorsports. Yes. You know, and I never dawned on me until I saw that movie and I got to talking to these guys before games uh, that how serious this head injury thing is. And we just kind of took it for granted. Okay, he had a concussion, big deal. Well, the human brain, if you think about it, I don't care how strong a helmet you got, how strong of uh, neck restraint, your seat, whatever it may be, the human brain's in fluid. And you start thinking about this. If you hit a wall going 150, 60, 70 mile an hour, you're going from 180 mile an hour to zero right now. Yeah. Right now. And your brain is going to move. There's just no getting around it. So with that being said, you can make all the best rules you want to and do all the the best things that you can humanly possibly think of, but there are still certain situations that you're not going to control. Now, fire, that's inexcusable. If they couldn't put a fire out, they got a problem. They shouldn't be in the promoting business. Same way with us. And we, we got to a situation with, with the sprint cars and methanol. We have to have just plain water. They don't put a fire extinguisher yes, on it, just plain right, water. Yeah. Where we got halon and stuff like that. They may have some new stuff now that I don't know about. In actually, I think it world. is, and I can't remember what it is, but we actually had a guy who uh, works for Cinta's Fire Suppression. And I go, I go what do we got to have for alcohol? Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, I can't he remember did. what it is. He we railed off and goes, yeah. this is what you need. And he goes, I'm like, okay, cool, because I'm building an alcohol light limited. Mm-hmm. First off, Turbo Blue's going in the thing, so I can at least see the damn flames. Right. You know, so if I'm going to go, I at least know what's getting me. Mm-hmm. But two, what's it going to take to suppress us? Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. 
And that's that's smart on your part because there are certain situations you just talked about it. There wasn't any track personnel there. You were there. And that's actually, that's not your job, but it was human instinct to jump in there with that fire extinguisher. My job as an announcer is to keep the event flowing and do what it takes. Yeah. I, we've, seen, we've done it many, many times. Nobody's there to unhook. Jump behind the buckboard, pull the chain, pull the kill. All right, get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, there's you, been shows where we're, we're wireless mic in one hand and a set of flags in the other. Yeah, just to keep it going. It's it's part of the job, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm thinking here. I am laughing at you guys, and I thought, okay, well, yeah, they're doing what they need to do, but we shouldn't have to do that. We should. No, we shouldn't. To, we really shouldn't. And there was one event that really stands out. Actually, if you look at the state of Ohio, you see that green pen there. Uh-huh. That's the event right there where. We actually had to take shifts announcing because the other members of the, the other members of the association do wouldn't do anything. And I finally got so fed up towards the end of the day because we were running on three hours of sleep from doing a show up in Minden City before up in, up in the thumb. And then we drove down to just outside Columbus, and there's guys just standing around bullshitting. And finally, I got done flagging one waiting sled go back and all that. I walked up to these three younger guys. I go, hey, your guys' arms work okay? They looked at me. Well, well, yeah. I took took the flags. I whipped them in the guy's hand. I go, good. You can use these then. Well, I don't know how to flag. I go, it's not that hard. Green lights come on the sled. You look down the track. Track clear. You put the green flag out. When the tractor stops moving, put the red flag out. Repeat process. And see, it, 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 I'm, again, I'm laughing, but I'm laughing, you know, at the situation. One of the, you can laugh at me all you well, want. No, no, he no. does it's, it all the time, and I'm that. married, so I'm it's, used to it's that. It's not that. It's back, and I guess maybe I've been more fortunate than what I'm, I'm thinking here, but back when we had Central Michigan, we had West Michigan, we had the Michigan tractor pullers, and I think the thumb was probably yeah. involved back then. But. We have a group in Cassopolis, or the Cass County area, called Cass County Tractor Pullers. And when NTPA started putting a push on to have more trained track personnel, that group actually went to a class, as they still they have the classes yet today on some of that stuff. Larry Richwine does it. Yep. And we took a class to yeah. teach us about how handling situations and flags and, and all that kind of stuff. And we were very fortunate, and I was fortunate to be on the ground floor of this organization um, as one of the founding fathers to go through this and learn this kind of stuff. And, you know, a lot of times maybe that's helped your and my career too as an announcer because we kind of know the inner workings yeah. of this because we've been part of that. And um, you talk about groups like this. I'm sorry, guys. They shouldn't be in the promoting business. That's Tom's opinion. You know, if you haven't got enough gumption to go out and learn how to do this properly and put on a good show, stay home or get in the grandstands because there are people out there that will do the job. And maybe that's age and maybe that's uh, ignorance on my part, but that's how I feel about it. Well, and I, yeah, that's kind of, I'm getting to that point. You know, I, I'm knocking on the doorstep of 40 a year from now and. Whether it's the pulling You're life. You're still a kid. <laughs> We're not going to talk sure. about what I turned, but. <laughs> For sure. But there's a certain level now where at this age where when I was 25, I'll put up with a lot of bullshit to get to do something. 
I'm almost 40 now, and there is a definite level of bullshit I will not put up with to do something. Right. I don't have to anymore. Right. And wait till you turn 60. Yeah. Yeah. Then it gets a lot less. Yeah. And the patience gets a lot quicker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I used to not do that. I'd bite my tongue and not say yeah, exactly. anything. Uh, you know what? Nah, we're going to talk about this. Yeah. Because it affects us. Yep. You know, and the bottom line is, if we have a bad show, that comes back on us, and that also makes us work harder yeah. to try to make it a good show. And, you know, that's not what I'm in this for. I'm in this to have fun, not worry about getting run over by some jackass that's out here not waving the flag correctly, you know, and I have had that happen. You know, I'd be Bowling Green, geez, when I was doing uh, the TV shows for NTPA mm-hmm. with Lineburgers, and... There was, I don't know how many times, I was tucked in a tractor tire with a mic in the driver's face, and some idiot tow tractor would take off. Yeah. I about got my butt run over half a dozen times. Now, you talk about somebody come unglued and chew on a a tractor or a tow driver. Holy crap. Guys, I'm right here. You can't see me. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, that's ignorance on their part, and that's not not being well-trained and well-informed on their part. And that yeah. that upsets me at the promoters at that point in time. Well, speaking of promoters and people who are the boss and in charge, what's new this summer for the bumper to bumper super sprints? Well, we got a lot going on. Actually, our racing season starts in about a month. Uh, we're June second. We'll be at the Kalamazoo Motor Speedway, and June third, South Bend, and then uh, on up the Pike. We come up to Auto City here in the Thumb area. Uh, we're going to be up here a couple times. Once with the uh, sprint car or the auto value bumper to bumper super sprints, and then the King of the Wings National Tour is coming to town, and that'll be in July, the weekend of the twenty second. I think is the date. As a matter of fact, <laughs> we're marking it as down. Everybody's looking it up. <laughs> but um, you know, we're pretty excited about that. We're going to bring the National Tour to the Midwest again. We'll be in uh, uh, Kalamazoo on Friday. I think it's maybe the nineteenth, and then on. S- or Thursday the 19th, the 20th, we're in Toledo. And I tell you, that's a show. If you guys can make it down there, it's not that far. That's what you've said. Yeah, I'd love to. Oh, it's badass. What, 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 day, what date's that? I think it's July 19th, maybe. We'll we'll, we'll firm it up, but yeah, we'll, we'll make it a point to be there. <laughs> no, we're not. We're going to no? be doing Tom's old job out at Goodles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry about your luck there, but... And then I'm, then I'm in Missouri. As far as I know, I'm in Missouri every day after that. Uh, this sucks. <laughs> well, we'll, I mean, we'll be around, so you, we'll get you to one of the Auto City dates down there. But um, we've got, uh, right now, I think there's 13 or 14 shows scheduled. We had a couple that were still hanging. Uh, as bad as I hate to say that, the promoters just kind of drug their feet a little bit, so I'm not sure if they're going to happen or not. So, But uh, King of the Wings, we've got 10 shows across the United States on that deal, and, and we're looking forward to that. So it's going to be a busy summer. We'll have right around 23, 24 races this year. King of the Wing, you guys go into a regional area and typically try to book that as like a three-race sweep. Is yeah. that how that works? What it is is we – Davey Hamilton, and I don't know we talked about this much, but Davey Hamilton came to me at the Sandusky Speedway about four years ago now. Davey retired out of IndyCar racing uh, um, and was a car owner and still is a car owner, but he came to me with this idea along with uh, Hoosier Tire of starting a national series with one set of rules to govern everybody. That way, if if you Charles and Andrew wanted to come race in a sprint car, you didn't have to worry about the rules. You just built your car under those rules, and you could go anywhere in the United States or Canada. And so we went to the groups, and the, the, the biggest problem we have with that, believe it or not, is the motors. 
out in the northwest, down in Florida and the south, they're all 360 motors. All all the motors we have here in the Midwest, and a lot of them in California now, are 410s. 410s yeah. And that's been the biggest disparity. We thought, well, we, let's get this rule in there. In three years, we'll have these guys switched over because it's actually cheaper to build a 410 than it is a 360. Oh, absolutely. So we thought it'd be a natural. Well, little nope. did we know. you know, and, and unfortunately, that's been the biggest drawback. So we've had to make a couple rules. The guys in the Midwest with the 410s have to restrict their motors down, and we're not having real good luck with that. The guys don't want to starve their motors. We've had motors dyno. Actually, they were making just a few less horsepower, but getting more torque out of them. And it wasn't hurting the motors. But then you, <laughs> they, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's interesting. But the, the thing is, and I'm going to kind of throw some stones here with this next statement. But we've got a bunch of engine builders out there that have said, well, it's because you're restricting the airflow. Well, you got to work with this a little bit. I mean, you put them on a dyno. This is no different than what you guys are talking about doing. You you restrict the air, you reduce the fuel, you get that happy spot, and everything works good. But these guys are blaming engine failures on these restrictor plates. The term is stoichiometric. I mean, you think a basic engine builder would understand that. Yeah, but they don't want to take what it is, and this is Tom's opinion, it's a very strong opinion, <laughs> but they don't want to take responsibility for their motors blowing up. No. Well, come on, guys. Stand up and be a man about it. If you screwed up, unfortunately, it's an expensive screw-up, but it's also expensive for you guys to buy the engines. Yeah. So stand up and be a man about it. You screwed up. The motor blew up. Okay, I got to take care of it. Does Tom Hartzell like to take care of warranties at the auto value store? Absolutely not. It's no. a pain in the butt. <laughs> but you know what? It's part of doing business. And there's sometimes when you make out okay, and there's sometimes when you lose. It's just that's what happens. So, you know, with that being said, that's caused a little bit of the problem. Um, but the other thing we've had to fight is weather. We had to cancel yeah. the Southern tour this year just because we got rained out down there. Flooding. Two or three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and had we been down there this year that same time, we'd have got rain again. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that for next year. We opened up a couple new venues up in uh, Colorado and Wyoming, and that's going to be exciting for next year. Uh, California, we're kind of bouncing around there a little bit. There's been a lot of talk there. Arizona, uh, down there. Washington, we lost an event, or actually a couple events there, uh, simply because we, you know, when I go into a venue with the sprint cars, it's no different than, I, well, I shouldn't say it this way, because fares are different. I don't want the promoter to lose money, because if no, they lose money, no. chances are real good we're not going to be back. Right. If they make money, we work together, we're a partnership, then it's a good, solid marriage, and it works good for years to come. So you don't want to go into an event, and we did one in Wenatchee, Washington last year. It was on a Sunday afternoon. There is absolutely no doubt they lost a lot of money. There just wasn't a crowd there. It was hot. It was miserable. And, you know, you can't control that, unfortunately. But So we wanted to do some switching around and try to get them on a different date, but they couldn't do it. So, you know, with that being said, it just there's some things you just have to let yeah. go, unfortunately. So. It's been good. Um, I think pavement racing, especially with the sprint cars, is coming back a little bit. Um, we aren't as popular as dirt right now, and I guess I can't really put a finger on that because we talked about it here you know, a little bit ago on the front porch that guys have went into dirt racing thinking it was cheaper. Well, i got to tell you, it's not. I mean, you're talking about the same motors, the same chassis. Yeah. Um, maybe they don't have the same springs and stuff like that. That's getting expensive. 
But tires, they're a little bit more expensive than it is for yeah. a pavement car. There's nothing cheap about any motorsport. No. You know, and you, and you guys are finding that out. You're going to go into this venture. And it, it's ironic you say that because I just had conversation with a late model racer over in Charlotte, Michigan the other morning. I was delivering tires to and he said the same thing. You get these guys, they come out, they want to build these cars, thinking they're going to get rich. Well, I'm sorry. It's not no. going to happen. You know, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you're going to want to be in this for the fun of the sport. Yeah. <laughs> if you're thinking you're going to make money, you're going to be sadly mistaken. You know, I've got an antique pulling tractor. I've pulled antiques for, what, 16 years now? You lose money on them. Oh. You know, and... Now I'm stepping up to bigger tractors now, and it's like, I know I'm not going to make any money at this, but you know what? Like I tell my wife, it's cheaper than hookers, and then, you know, it saves me a divorce. <laughs> so, <laughs> which I she still does not know about that mod that we discuss, and luckily she doesn't listen to the show. Okay. <laughs> she still doesn't know about that? Actually, I guess I could tell her now that the business is buying it. That's up to you. <laughs> Start out, I was buying it, and then now the business is buying it. But anyways, it'll show up one day. And I was like, it's been here for years, huh? I don't know what you're talking about. Look at the rust on it. It's obviously been here a long time. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's bad. Fucking thing sucks. <laughs> so, you know, anyway, it's it's all in the price of your toys, whatever you want to do. Um, you know, I, I told you about, day, well, I was telling Phil that the other day. Uh, Dave Lamar, that that story about I don't own a boat, I don't own a cottage. Yeah, this is my hobby, and at least I have a chance to make back some of my investment. And that that's kind of how you got to look. I remember at it. hearing that out of Dave for many, many times. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, there's no yeah, guy can, I miss seeing out there on the track. You can spend money on anything, that's for sure. Oh, and, and again, some guys hunt, some guys fish. You know, just that's where we choose to spend our entertainment dollars, I guess. So. Yep, I, <laughs> stupid things. I mean, chainsaws. Look at what I did. Look at what we have set up here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it ain't much, but there's a lot of money. You're very, very. This stuff will sell. I've learned with value, electronics. Though. The smaller it is, the more they'll charge for it. Oh yeah, they're real proud of that. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like in my world with auto parts. The smaller the starter, the more you're going to pay for it. Oh god, that yeah. is the truth. Yeah. So, what can Brown do for you? Well, you can start by insuring that little envelope. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, well, Tom, we appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, we're gonna get off here and go get something to eat. And that sounds like a good plan. We're gonna grab something to eat with you, I think. And then, oh, absolutely, uh, we're gonna head for Gladwin. We got another Lions game tonight. Go blue. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I do want to see some of these because I think it'd be just, it's got to be fun to watch them. Oh, it's its Harlem Globetrotter basketball at its best. And uh, if you come out, think you're going to, you know, I was telling Sandy this that you think you're going to, uh, come out and see a basketball game, you're sadly mistaken. <laughs> you know, and and I, I guess I start a lot of my shows out, says you, you folks are cheering right now, but I want you to remember about something. Think about last fall, how bad the Lions were. <laughs> now, think about present time tonight. They're playing basketball. They're even worse. <laughs> so, you know, and I get a lot of glares from Herman Moore. And, and, and I, we've started doing something new this year that uh, we uh, do a coin toss instead of doing a jump ball oh, to start okay. the game. And, of course, the Lions always win, and they defer to the second half. So during this coin toss, I make a comment, well, this is like, Almost like being at the Super Bowl. Well, 
the Lions aren't going to see that for a while, so you folks better enjoy <laughs> this. You know? <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's just little things like that. You get the crowd laughing, and again, crowd That's involvement. Shit. Get know? the crowd laughing, you're yeah. in like gold. Then you got it made, you know. So, you know, I, I start out doing that, and we let, let the flow of the game and actually, go. actually, the worse the joke you can make, the better it the is. The better it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's what I get to refs at the game. I said, we got three basic rules. No autopsy, no foul is one of them. And it's always out-of-bounds lions is number two. But the third and most important one is we cheat. And I'll ask one of the placer, players, I said, why do we cheat? Because we can. <laughs> well, with that, we're going to take a break. This is a sidetrack on Bowling Radio Network. Polar Air Compressor since 1977 is your factory direct source for quiet industrial piston compressors from 3 to 25 horsepower, rotary screw compressors from 5 to 400 horsepower, refrigerated air dryers, and a full line of parts and service. Find Polar Air at EatonCompressor.com or call toll-free at 877-283-7614. That's 877-283-7614. Also, make sure to check us out on Facebook. And we're back with Sidetrack, powered by Dirty Hooker Diesel. And uh, always great having Tom on. It's that was awesome. Fun. And uh, also, remember that one time you announced that tractor pull? Yeah, that, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> remember that time you said smoke from white to gray to black? Yeah, that, that was awesome. What the fuck is wrong with a short declarative sentence like, Good evening, I'm Bill Bonds. Nothing is new. Good night. Uh, yes. The thing is, though, you really should not do that at events before you meet with your insurance adjuster. Mm. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. That he's on site for the event? <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. But it was bush light, so that's like having sex in a canoe. So, <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's cover the news real briefly. It's not a whole lot, but also today, some poor people in Detroit are without a place to go. Tough shit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the famous Bill Bods. <laughs> in the news this week, the uh, light limited super stock travel calendar has been published. It is out there now. Uh, with the correction, now the Sandusky, Michigan date has been added in addition to Sandusky, Ohio. So look for that. It's available on pulloff.com. And for more on that, actually, next week, Ed Shoebridge himself will be in studio with us and uh, give us the lowdown on that and more. Absolutely. Always great to have in studio with us. I think he's got some other information for us for uh, next week, too. Oh, yeah. We're going to get technical on your ass. I can't wait for that because we haven't really done a good techie piece in a long time. Hookers yeah. and Blow is coming. I got to get a hold of the midget up in the Great White North and uh, have him uh, listen, you know, get with us. That way we can get doing that. Now we're back up with call-in capabilities. Yeah, that's... Uh, we Now that we know how to do it anyway, we got a little bit of tweaking to do so that we can make sure we can fire drops down the damn phone at people, but, uh, you know... We'll get to that. We'll, we'll figure it out. So... <laughs> You're killing me. Next caller. So, uh, you have a rant? I do, I do. We haven't done a rant no, in forever. and it's time, and this is something that we're actually working on for not just us ourselves, but uh, the entire Pulling Radio Network is confronted with this issue as of this summer, and, and it boils down to liability and the litigiousness of American society. 
We've got to go what out. What the fuck does that mean? We have g- got to go out. Fucking big words. Yeah. <laughs> like anyone can even know that. We've got to go out and actually spend money and carry insurance policies on ourselves now at, at events because people just love the idea of suing the shit out of everyone. Assholes. You know, you go to a motorsports event, you could expect things are going to break, things are going to explode, shit's going to go flying. Hell, that's half the reason any of us is there, especially, you know. That, especially my fat ass. You know, that's, <laughs> that's why we're fucking there. And side rant, by the way, put your damn cell phone down and actually, I don't know, watch it. For yourself. Have the memory for yourself. I guarantee somebody's filming it. You don't all need to. Every time we had at the tractor pull or the truck pull at UCC, we're trying to live stream it. And so are some other media outlets. And we can't because everybody, as soon as a truck takes off the line, whips their cell phone out. Hey, look at it on live. You're there. You paid for a ticket. Watch the goddamn thing. But it's ridiculous. we got to spend money. Have that memory for yourself, okay? Gah. Yeah, you're so you're so important <laughs> that everyone wants to see your you're video of it. You're Armstead levels here. This is great. Have the damn memory. Be able to bounce your grandkid on your knee someday and tell him, hey, you actually watched the fucking thing. <laughs> or my favorite, the people who are out there videoing and photographing shooting photography and aren't paying attention to what the fuck's going on the track because I got to get this perfect shot. What's happening? And you damn near catch a piece of transfer case, which is sitting right above us right now. And you damn near catch that in the head because you won't fucking listen to the announcer who keeps telling you, get back, parts are going to fly. Look how loud I have to yell. You're damn right. It pisses me off. I, I watched the camera lady. Damn near take a piece of transfer case to the head because she thought, well, if I squat down, you know, everybody else standing behind me can get the shot. No, that puts you right in the fucking kill zone. And you know what this is? Because your Coke bottle glasses wearing because all I ever do is stare at an LCD screen fucking face is so goddamn close to everything that when it finally does blow up, you want to sue us. So we got to buy insurance to protect ourselves from your dumb fucking ass. Exactly. So now I'd like to know which one of these media media assholes, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good photographers out there that have been around the sport of pulling and know enough, but this is what we encountered at UCC was the people that weren't familiar with the contest going on and what could happen that raises liability issue. And the idiots who walk around can't pay attention because they're too busy sexing their goddamn girlfriend on their phone instead of paying attention where they walk, trip over a motherfucking cord, and then decide, well, I'm going to sue them because that cord wasn't secured. No, pull your head out of your fucking phone and actually pay attention where you're going, and you might make it somewhere in life. It's really, really frustrating that we've gotten to this point and that that's where where things are We're at. having to pull probably, what, 500 to a grand out of our pocket so we can go to fucking Bowling Green this year and give you guys the shows that we do. Yeah, and it's just because of plain stupidity. You're, you're assuming a liability and a risk by doing what you do and then you want to turn around and spoil the fun for everybody else. I maybe maybe with this rant we're kind of you know shitting where we eat just a little bit. But damn, come on. There's risks I know I put myself in. 
I know you've done it too, Charles. Oh, I accept it. That's fine. We know it. We go every pull we go to. You look. There's a band on our wrist that says, "Hey, we have signed away our rights." We know we're putting ourselves in the line of fire that we're around engines that are on the brink of self-destruction and a piston, a rod, a drive shaft, something can flying out at us, or even a rock, a rock. You yeah. see us out there, we pick stones. You want to know why? Because those become projectiles coming off of tires spinning at 35-plus mile an hour. Yeah, we understand that, and, and I'm not. if something were to happen, I'm not going to go sue in an event. And, oh, you can, you can say that now. You don't have hospital bills and blah, 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 blah. Look, I've been around this. I've been around the sport since I was two and a half years old, and I've been involved with it in. If we're going to define professional capacity as getting paid to be there, seventeen years, I know what's coming, and there's a good chance a lot of times. I not that I can get out of the way quickly enough to save myself. I'm not. I don't have that sort of pretense or arrogance about it. But you, you develop. Cover. You develop a sixth sense of when something's coming, and that has been bred over. All that time and watching thousands of passes every summer, you just know what's coming. There's a reason our kids aren't down trackside with us. We will have them in the announcer stand. We've done it many times. But we're also not putting them out there where I'm standing five feet away from a chalk line as the super farm's making a pass right on that line. You know, I know what I'm putting myself into, but I'm doing it to give you the best damn announcing you can get and get that feel for what's going on on the track. I can't sit in the seat and give you a you know play-by-play, but I do the best I can through feeling vibrations, feeling that ground pounding that we've grown to love in the sport. That's what I use to take in to give you the quality job that I do. Now, you're probably thinking, well, you're just being an arrogant prick out there, blowing smoke up your ass. Well, you know what? Come try announcing at the level that we announce and give the perspective we give on the events by just being in a booth or calling it in from a remote area. You can't give that quality a job without putting your life on the line. I understand that. I respect that. I get it. It's part of my life. I know it every time I set foot on a track. But the idiots who don't respect the power that's being put to the ground and the means of doing it are creating issues for everybody out there. And even beyond that, the, some of the stuff that we've encountered with Bowling Green, and, and don't get us wrong, we are not attacking Bowling no, Green No, absolutely this. not. They're there in is, the same boat we are. We can't blame them for what we're doing. We're all going, yeah, we're not surprised this is coming down the chute to us. Honestly, we're a little bit surprised it didn't happen sooner. But yes. be that as it may, you, something, something as simple for us. This is here. Get get behind the curtain with us and see what's going on. For us, we're none of us with PRN is there to announce. No, we're there doing our live show. They want us to have the insurance in case your point. Somebody trips over a cord around our table, or your ignorant, unobservant, dumb, freaking self-absorbed ass happens to walk in front of one of our cars while we're freighting in some material we need our sound equipment and we hit you this kind of stupid ass stuff we got to protect ourselves from because we can't trust you not to sue us over it it's that's where we've gotten to daytime tv is full of commercials for we made a parody ad for christ's sake the dewey screw and how ad and actually that ad's going in this week's show now because of this it's a joke but the best jokes are rooted in a little bit of truth and this one has way too much truth behind it. 
Oh, absolutely. You know, <laughs> look at look. Watch Judge Judy or Judge Brown or whatever one drug court show you watch. People's Court, whatever. It's all bullshit cases because somebody got pissed at somebody else, so now they're gonna sue to get money, damn, monetary I can damages. Make that much money in five seconds. Yeah, that's how they that's, do it. That's the attitude. Yep, five seconds worth of incident, few months worth of pain, and now you owe me millions. Yeah, well, fuck you. I feel better. <sighs> That's a nice cathartic moment until we get our bill from uh, <laughs> our insurance guy, Mr. Are we giving him a freebie today? He gets one. This is his last is freebie it. from us ever. Leo Terzo at Farm Bureau Insurance Absolutely. on Van Dyke Avenue in Washington Township, Michigan. Yes. No, actually, probably some of the best hair. Actually, we do have to do a contest between... Uh, one T from uh, Allstate and uh, Leo Terzo from State Farm on or Farm Bureau, excuse me, on who's got the better hair and insurance. I'm putting my money on Leo. I don't know. It's a tight, tight battle for that one. He's a former sales guy at DNR Customs, so he he kind of knows our he knows what we're after and what we do and knows the industry. Yeah, so. we were getting pretty reprimanded by him too while we were sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> going come on leo we're buddies too don't forget this <laughs> yeah there was that bit about uh, not necessarily needing insurance for a liquor license and i break checked him on that one <laughs> have you listened to the show i mean we've got budweiser banner hanging to our left right now actually i'll do a live feed show you our the dirty hooker diesel studio that we're working out of now it's not much but it's getting there i mean look at we got we got Derek Rose's playing card or uh, trading card. Trading card. That is so cool. What's the PS seven zero zero two thing mean though? Well, that's like on the corner of the All Star cards. You know, you had the card is number. His, is that his truck number for with NHDRA or? It could be. Yeah, it could be. Pro I don't Street. know. It's definitely not his height. It might be his height in millimeters. Fucking thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That was actually a fairly short rant, but uh, I feel better. I've, I've, now I've that been I've been up for a while. Now that I've popped a few capillaries in my forehead, <laughs> made the veins stick out in my neck. I'm glad I'm going through that stress test for my heart tomorrow. <laughs> <sighs> what else did we have for news? What else is going on out there in the world? Anything? Uh, some of the seasons have started. Yeah, actually. PPL uh, East Coast is up and running. Yeah, right? Tony Gosar doing an awesome job live streaming that for uh, Pulling Radio Network. He could be caught, heard. I caught some of that. He said he was wearing a headset and doing some commentary for part of it. Um, that was cool. Haven't seen that done. I really liked it. He, he's And he's good. He's good at it. He's natural. He he did some when he did Keystone. He was explaining what was going on and uh, reiterating uh, the distances and that so that way you could hear him clearly. Yeah. and. He's got the voice. He's got the touch for it. He's got um, the knowledge of what's going on. Props to him. Actually, we we've we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have a rib removal moment for a second here. I'm gonna go ahead and do it. We've been responsible for a lot of firsts on this network, but that was a first, and uh, kind of pissed we didn't think of it ourselves. Yeah, still the only main beer drinking show. Yeah, seriously, what the hell? <laughs> It'd be really fun when we start doing the live shows and people can actually see the beer can pyramid after each show. Cut that bitch off! <laughs> but uh, no, uh, 
Yeah, it's been a good day. It has been. Thanks again to uh, Tom for coming in studio and, and doing that with us. Thanks also for lunch. Yeah. Very, very generous. It was our intention to take care of Bye him. for him. I mean, to give you the type of... Nine, 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 give you an idea of the dedication and support Tom's put into helping us out as a sidetrack crew. Um, he announced in Cairo a Lions basketball game, which is like, what do you say, like uh, Harlem Globetrotter style basketball. Yeah, it's a, it's a charity thing that the football team does. Actually, this year, because Coach Caldwell won't let any active players play in this 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 winter uh it's throwback style yeah it's been all the you know retired lions players playing this charity basketball games and they usually organize them against you know local fire department or police department or something like that but uh he did it up in carroll for those of you not familiar michigan it's about what an hour and a half from us yeah yeah pretty close yeah and uh spent the night in um frankenmuth no Bertrand, he was actually oh, he, was in Bertrand. he was right right at seventy five, and uh, which Bertrand's just about hour forty five minutes. It's actually just because it's all expressway driving. Drove all the way back here when he had to be an hour north of where he was to announce on the next night. The next night, drove all the way back here to Port Huron to do the show with us, and then uh, we took him to. Uh, where he took us, I guess, so to speak, but uh, to uh, freighters down uh, right underneath the Blue Water Bridge and mouth of the St. Clair River there. Yep, and uh, got to hang out there and get what a great what a great guy, fantastic guy. Very thankful for the for the three hours we got to spend with him, and and thanks again for launch. That was great, and the um, friendship we've developed is just sounds like we're gonna get together this fall too for a season recap. Yeah, I. To go from a guy that we watched announce our entire childhoods. He, he was it around here. He was the guy. And he's still the guy. You know, yeah, there's absolutely. a lot of events yeah. we've approached about doing, and they go, well, Tom does it for us. And it's we can't even argue the point with him, you know. I just go, yep, all right, yep. cool. You know, and but he's been supportive on trying to get us some announcing jobs that he can't do. You know, it's thank you. Thank you, Tom Hartzell. Yep, thanks for everything you've done for us uh, career-wise and – yeah, awesome. Just Glad the to meet friendship. You. Yep, good dude. Real good. So now that we've gone on a rant and gone to a sappy section, I think we can call it a day. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's about time we uh, blow this thing out of here. All right, my name's Armstead. My name is Posh. Good night. Wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It though. could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.